Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. One more time, join us. Let us say, Jesus is risen. Let us pray. Our risen Lord, our Master, our Redeemer, our King, the one who is coming back again soon, we thank you that you are with us always. Encourage us with your word. Help us to live for you this and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. The resurrection story is always new. And today, I have a question to ask you. You see, if you go and work and you are paid some money, I believe you are not getting paid so that you put that money in the bank, but you spend it. You spend it on rent, on your children, or something. Unless you are a miser. If you buy a car, any vehicle, I believe you buy it in order to use. Yes, I know there are some people when they get wedding gifts, they never use those gifts. Even in their old age, they say, oh, this is the gift I got when I was getting married. 30, 40 years. But I'm not talking about that. If you do that with the resurrection power of Jesus, then you have wasted the power of Jesus in your life, particularly when you say you are a believer. So today, the message the Lord has for you and I is a question. Are you alive with Jesus? Are you alive with Jesus? And our text is taken from Romans chapter 8, verse 11, from the New King James Version. It says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit that dwells in you. Praise the Lord. This is a very powerful message by Paul to the Romans and by extension, all of us. Say, by if the spirit of him who raised Jesus dwells in you. <laughs> he said the spirit that raised Jesus dwells in you and I. What does that mean? Some time ago, I was taking a course and one lecturer gave us one of those academic exercises. What proof do you have that the resurrection is true? Oh, and I was so excited. I went to the library and I read all these things about archaeology, the empty tomb, what was found, the stones here, this, this, that. And we came back. And we're so happy that we had discovered so much. And the lecturer told all of us, yeah, you tried, but you missed the simple point. The simple point simple point, the simple proof of whether Jesus is alive or not. It's not those archaeological things. The stones may prove, the empty things may prove it, but the changed lives of the believers then and now is the greatest proof that Jesus is alive. We're all quiet. So yeah, otherwise, if you take the other religions, they can all go and show you empty tombs. Maybe they will fake it. Or maybe they will show you that the tomb is occupied by somebody. But you wait until you see what Jesus has done in the life of his disciples 
at that time and even up to today. Today we take a few examples of how the life of Jesus, the resurrected life of Jesus, transformed his disciples then and now. And if you claim that you are a follower of Jesus, what that should be doing in your life. We look at it from at least five points. We see those whose eyes were opened by Jesus. We see those whose hearts were burning with fire because they met the resurrected Jesus. We see that another factor to know that the resurrection is true, true that from fear, people moved to faith. Fourthly, he promised them the feeling of the Spirit, and did they receive it? They received it and were totally transformed. And last but not the least, those faithful disciples, then and now. Let's see the first one, the opened eyes. When Jesus died, was buried, and he resurrected, when you read scripture, I say even some of the disciples did not even believe it. And so on that day when they were talking about the resurrection, two of the disciples who had had enough of that nonsense, excuse me to say, decided to walk back home. Look, we have spent time with Jesus talking about all of these things. Friends, let's go back to our village. So they were walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Because after all, what were the rest of the disciples doing? They had gone to lock themselves up in the upper room. Agbena, it's finished. So what will we stay there and do? Let's go and find something else to do. Those were the disciples who were walking away. They didn't believe. They had no proof of it. All that the women were saying, all that they had heard for them, it was, as they say in Ghanaian language, Anansisem, fairy tales. But you read the account, and they were faithful to recall how Jesus walked with them. A stranger walked with them. They didn't recognize him. He kept their eyes from recognizing him. So he asked them, what are you talking about? So this Jesus, we thought. We thought he was going to be the one. Finally, some of our women have come, and they are talking that he's raised them again. In fact, they were bold enough to ask him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Well, so they had met a stranger who didn't know what all this was about. So they heartily confessed their ignorance. They had dashed hope to him. You see, it reminds me of people who come to Jesus and they are so excited. The Lord will heal you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will multiply grace unto you. You will be prosperous. You will not be the tail, but you will be the head. And they want this to happen instantly. When it doesn't happen, they say all those things are not true. But stay with me. Jesus stayed with those disciples and opened scripture and talked to them and talked to them and talked to them. Finally, when they got to their village in Mouse, Jesus behaved as if he was going to pass by to go somewhere else. And they invited him home. And when he got to their home, what did he do? He laid a table before him, the ministry of hospitality. Then Jesus sat at table with them and he broke bread and suddenly he opened their eyes and they saw that it was the Lord. Hallelujah. They saw that it was the Lord. Friends, today we are asking the question, are you alive with Jesus? 
These were people who were alive. Jesus himself was alive. But they were carrying their own troubles, their own sorrow, their own pain, that they didn't even know that Jesus was with them. They remind me of what I saw in some West African country. In those days before Okada, we went to some, one of these countries. People were riding bicycle. But on top of the, I mean, they go and sit on the bicycle and carry their luggage on their head. So when we saw it, we were so fascinated, we asked people, those who sit on the bicycle and carry their luggage on their head, do they also pay transport fare? And that says, of course, they pay. Because their legs are not doing the walking. It is their head that is carrying the load, and somebody is riding with them. Has Jesus become the Lord of your life? Is he walking with you? Are you still carrying your load, your complaints, your bitterness, your hopelessness? Yes, he's with you. Can you recognize him today and say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see you. Let me know you. Let me love you. Let me be your servant. Let me be your disciple. Because that's the next thing that happened to these disciples. When their eyes were opened, suddenly they were filled with fire. These disciples were brokenhearted. Their eyes were dull, energy level low, stooped shoulders, despondent, just going home to eat, bath, and sleep. Suddenly they saw the Messiah. Suddenly they saw the Lord. And what happened to them? So what? We cannot keep this news to ourselves. When Jesus had opened their spiritual eyes, you read verse 31, what they began to do. When they knew by faith that they had seen Jesus, they said, no. Read verse 31. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said, okay, fine, now we've seen him. They rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road and how he was known by them in the breaking of the bread. Hallelujah. Weary disciples, tired disciples who had gone home, what caused the transformation? They were now alive with Jesus. Let me tell you this. Don't let the resurrection of Jesus be something of history. It is not at the same level as Kwame Nkrumah or Mussolini or Hitler or the best kind man you know, your father or your mother who left their will and gave you land. It is not at the same level. This is your Lord, your Redeemer, and your King. Give them power to walk back. Power to go back and knock at the door. I'm sure, you see, if the disciples were there and they had locked themselves up, can you imagine how these two disciples were banging the door? Open, 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 open. And the fearful people were asking, what do you want? So here's Simon. Here we are. We have news to tell you. They had now become witnesses. The Lord wants us not only to be hearers, to experience him, but to go out to be his witnesses. Who are witnesses? Who are those who give powerful testimonies? Those who have experienced what God has done for them. You see, and that experience energized them. 
Are you a Christian with low energy, low appetite for Jesus, afraid to share his, your testimony? May the Lord touch you. That's how you know that you have the power of the resurrection. Some will tell you, oh, you know, when we were young, we used to be able to pray long hours. We were going out to witness. We are doing this and that and that. Now, the point is this. What has happened? What has happened? Oh, yeah, there are cares of this world. There are temptations. There are trials. Have they caused you to be, become disillusioned? But I'm telling you, just like this has touched those disciples, by faith, let him touch you again. Say, Lord, I come back to you. Just like you tied those disciples on the road to a mouse, let the fire come back to me. Lord, let the revival fire flow within me that I will know that yes, you are the Lord of my life. You have appeared to me. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he opened the eyes, but he also secondly caused their hearts to burn with fire. Then the third thing we see is that, of course, their fear turned to faith. Verse 33, 35, again, we see, they rose and returned to Jerusalem. <laughs> and they were able to, dis to, to go and disturb their faithful partners. Now, these two, we don't even know who they were. But one said he's called Simon. But there were other disciples who were there, presumably those whose name we know. They were there, and they had locked themselves up. When these other disciples told them what they had experienced, do you know what it did to them? It influenced them. It influenced them. They were just confused. They said, can we believe this one more time? So Jesus actually rose from Jerusalem. Somebody had said he would go to Galilee. And now people are going to Emmaus, and they met him. Whilst they were wondering, and genuinely wondering, and I like emphasizing that, genuinely wondering. You see, because our Lord knows when you genuinely have questions, he will answer you. There are some who have questions out of mockery. Somebody will ask you some questions, you know they are not sincere. But when they were genuinely seeking answers behind those closed doors, with these two excited disciples, charging them, firing them, show boy, let's rejoice. Luke 24, 36 says, As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. Peace to you. Oh, that was Jesus' greeting, and they knew it. In John 14, 27, he had told them a, a similar thing. In the world, you, will be, you have all kinds of trials and tribulation, but my peace I live with you, the peace that passes all understanding. From that fear, he pumped faith into them. He breathed faith into them. He, the unction was on them. He empowered them. They were fearful, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. I can't believe it. But well, that's what they were. He said, look, come here. Verse 37 gives us another angle of that story. Say, come, come, come. Come, I am the one who rose from the dead. Verses 38 to 40, I am the son. Look at my scars, my hand, my feet, and my side. What I'm saying is this. If you are honestly asking questions, 
The Lord is faithful and he will give you an honest answer. So to transform, to transform their fear to faith, Jesus met them at their level. You see, that's the thing about our Lord. He's willing to work with us. Give him your fear. Give him your doubt. Verse 38, 39, 40. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when they had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Hallelujah. Jesus once empowered disciples, people. He wants knowledgeable disciples, convinced and convicted disciples. He was willing to prove to them, including eliminating all those their theories. There are some who come to Jesus and they still have all these doubts. The ghosts in your family, the witches in, on the tree, the, the river gods, and how they are chasing you, what they are able to do. Jesus knew all those theories. He knows them. He hears them. He knows your prayer. He knows your fears. They say, what's your problem? I am not a spirit. Spirit do not have flesh and bones. See, it is I. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. How powerful Jesus can touch you and I. He transformed their fear to faith. Let that be your portion, your story. The Lord touched me. I remember that story about Jacob, who had done all the tricks in the book and outside the book, and it was finished. He didn't know what else to do. And as he was going to meet his brother, Esau, he said, wow, <laughs> Esau is coming. He has a bunch of people, and they are going to destroy me. He sent everybody away. Jacob sent everybody away. And that night, he went before the Lord and was praying and praying and seeking the will of the Lord. Suddenly, he saw a man. And suddenly, he knew that this is not an ordinary man. He struggled with him, struggled with him, struggled with him. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. When it was getting to dawn, the scripture tells us, say, let me go, let me go. Say, I would not let you go unless you bless me. Hey, friends, have you come to that time in your life when it is between you and your Lord? The answer to prayer, the solution you need, the answer you need, Lord, bless me. Lord, give me an answer. Let my fear become faith. When it was getting to dawn, the angel said, let me go. He said, I won't let you go. The angel saw the persistence of Jacob. He saw the faith of Jacob. He saw the confessed helplessness of Jacob. And he touched him. Broke his limbs. And Jacob said, you can break my leg, but I'm not going anywhere. He said, okay, what is your name? Jacob, trickster. Said, now you'll be called Israel. Finally, he left him and blessed him. The day Jacob met his brother, he was limping. He was in pain. At that time, he knew his strength is in the Lord. That's what Paul could say. When I am weak, 
then I am strong because my strength is made perfect in weakness. My question to you today, are you alive with Jesus? Are you alive in him? Has your faith, has your fear been transformed into faith? Jesus did not end there. Two more that we'll see. He told them, look, I'm going to empower you. I'll let the spirit fill you. This is one of the key things that Jesus had told them over and over and over again. Without me, you cannot do anything. He had given them a task to do. After showing them what he is, he's not a ghost. He said, you go out and preach in my name that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of all these things. So he commissioned them again. You go. But then, he knows, before you go, I'm going to empower you. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. So that night... The disciples, instead of going on a prayer rally and dancing and jubilating, Jesus told them again about what is important to him. Going out and letting others know. Preaching about the resurrection. Preaching about repentance. Teaching about this. You see, repentance, we live in a culture where sometimes it is not easy for people to say, I was wrong. Or I am sorry. Somebody said those, those words, we take it as a sign of weakness. The world today is against Jesus and the Bible because you see, there's nothing like sin. It's a mistake. They have names for almost everything. Recently, I, I saw a video where some people were being asked to sign a certain petition. What is the petition? They are signing a petition to send to the biggest marketing company in the world, that they shouldn't sell the Bible again. They should remove it. They should remove it. They shouldn't sell it. And what is the offense of the Bible? So that book promotes hate speech because it says certain things are sin. It's sinful. Don't tell a lie. Don't do this. Don't commit sin. Don't commit homosexuality. Don't commit adultery. Don't do this. It's hate speech. So they want to sign and throw it away. Oh, fine. You can sign and throw it away. You will not succeed. Because those things are written on your heart. They are written there. The laws of God are written on the human heart. When you read them in a book, it tells you what it is. But when you don't even read it on a book, what can be known about God is clear. But the Bible only helps you to come to that knowledge the saving knowledge of how to be reconciled to Jesus Christ. So he's saying, teach them repentance, that people must repent and come to me. And that's where the difference is. It is one thing to know I'm wrong, but another thing to know how you can be forgiven. It is one thing to know I am sick and to know that I have to go to the hospital. But it's another thing to actually go to the hospital and meet a doctor. I said, oh, I see that you have typhoid. You have cholera, you have TB, you have kata. This is the medicine. Take it. 
If you go and he tells you all those things and he gives you the medicine, he may be the best of doctors, but if you do not take it and the Lord's grace does not abound towards you, you may die that there are sickness. So Jesus is telling your disciples, you are excited I'm alive. You are like the doctors. You are my witness. I've healed you. The excitement is there. But go and tell the world how sick they are and give them the medicine. That medicine is my spirit. That medicine is repentance. That medicine is forgiveness. And when you tell them and they accept it, they are blessed. And I know you are still fearful, but I'll pour my spirit upon you so that you can make a difference. Friends, our world still needs to hear the word. But our world needs to see us who say we are believers in Jesus Christ, who lived lives that have been transformed, spirit-filled lives, where husbands love their wives, wives love their husbands, where homes adore Christ, where people work and work genuinely, where bribery and corruption are gone, where preachers preach the word, where we teach the love of Christ, where the poor and the needy and the marginalized are taught and corrected and fed. The hungry are fed, the poor are clothed. Where children are not aborted, fetuses are not aborted, they are adopted and cared for. How do I know that the resurrection is real? It is only when those things that are dear to the heart of God become dear to you and I. Say, so you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses when you do these things. What were some of the things he did? And what are some of the things he told us? In Matthew 24, 25, the disciples were eager to ask him, when are you coming back? What are the signs of your coming? They expected him to say, I'll come back 30th December 2022. He said, I won't tell you that. I won't tell you. Before I come, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. But when I come, I'm coming with my reward. And I'll be asking you, when I was in prison, did you visit me? When I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was ignorant, did you teach me? When I was poor and I couldn't pay my school fees, did you help me? When did we do these things for you? Then I will say, so long as you did it to one of these, you did it for me. Or some will say, we didn't see you. Say, yeah, I came to you in the form of that poor, naked, blind, illiterate, ignorant person, and you only laughed. But you see, when you are filled by the Spirit of God, you see differently. And hopefully, you see from the point of view of Jesus Christ. The last sign we see is that when Jesus said all these things to these disciples, who had locked themselves up in the room, were they convinced they were? Because eventually, Jesus resurrected. But the faithfulness of these disciples is amazing. After Jesus blessed them, they parted company. But these disciples, after they received the promise and the power came on them, went everywhere, preaching and teaching. Teaching everywhere. Their faithfulness we see in Luke chapter 24, verses 50 to 53. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them 
and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. Blessing God. Continually in the temple. Doing signs, wonders, multiplying the church. That is why from Jerusalem, the church spread everywhere up to today. Because those cowards had been transformed. Their eyes were opened. Fire was lit in their hearts. Their faith was transformed. Their fear was gone. They were promised and were filled with the Spirit. And they were faithful to the promises of God. That should be the sign for you and I who say we are alive in Jesus. And as Paul would say, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I, then live like him. Let that be your post-resurrection day lifestyle as the Lord is coming again soon. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Bay. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.